Welcome everybody. It is Saturday at noon, presumably. Maybe you're watching this a little bit later than noon. But every Saturday at noon, supposedly, a new episode of this podcast comes out. And this week is no different. Oh shit. You're here with Derek and Johnny. This is the Mega Strange Podcast. Thank you for joining us, everybody. So happy to have you here. Oh, we wouldn't be able to do the show without you. I get really excited when I like see a lot of the comments being like, this is my new Saturday tradition. Like I wake up and I pop this on and that makes me feel good because I do the same thing. Mega Strange is catching on with the with the young folks these days. I hear they're even talking about us on music television. Are they? No. Oh. But maybe someday they will. I could see this show getting on television. Yeah, we could be like MTV, Spike Jake, TV, True TV. We could be like Jake Fogelnest, do like Squirt TV. Yeah. Speaking of television, TV is a wild place. Yes. And it's been a wild place ever since its inception about 100 years ago. That's crazy to think about. Television's been around for 100 years. Yep. It, uh, I mean, like, used to be radio, and then we, we they had those little tiny screens with, like, giant dials. Yeah. And now we have... 80-inch TVs, flat screens, baby. Yeah, and uh, of course, as you know, if you've ever watched television, you know that it's highly regulated, that there is a whole <laughs> government agency involved in monitoring yeah. and uh, controlling what goes out over television. You're not allowed to say bad words. In America, you can't show a pair of boobies, which in Europe, you can show. Yes. I went to Europe once, and I just turned on TV, and there were naked people on it, and I was like... Uh, they say America is the greatest country on earth, and now I know that's not true. Hey, the FCC won't let me be me. Yeah, the FCC uh, is stopping the boobies from being <laughs> on TV. Uh, yeah, it's really funny how, like, in America, I mean, I don't want to get super political here, but, like, we... we oh, God, here we go. We going to let it all out. <laughs> we, we allow so much hyperviolence on TV, but not sex or, or like, the human body. But in yeah. Europe... They're down with that stuff. Well, I am not going to get political. All I'm going to say is I don't make the rules. I just break the rules. Uh, of course, I've never broken any rules when it comes to the FCC or what is broadcast on television. Yeah. Um, but I, I would if I could, if I knew how. Because I think it's a highly technical um, expertise that you have to have to pull it off. Um, but today, <laughs> we're going to talk about a couple of times when... Those guardians of television were got at their own game when individuals were able to circumvent the rules and regulations and broadcast whatever they wanted yes. out there into the public uh, in what has come to be known as pirate television signals. Yes. Um, of course... When you do a pirate television signal, it's not enough just to like break onto TV. You got to have some sort of presentation to it, you know? Yeah, I mean, you got to keep them entertained. It takes a little something special to capture the imagination of the viewing audience out there. And that's what we're going to be talking about on today's episode of Mega Strange. This is the Mega Strange podcast. You're here with Derek and Johnny. This is your go-to podcast for all things strange, supernatural, bizarre, cryptid, or just plain out of the ordinary. Yeah. And today we're going to be talking about that last uh, 
section there, that last category, just, just plain out of the ordinary. Oh, out of the ordinary. I thought you said ordinary. Yeah. The stories we have today, they're not supernatural. They don't have to do with no. monsters or supposed monsters, cryptids, UFOs, ghosts, or anything like that. These are stories about people, regular people, and yet they are still mysterious stories. Um, and some of them have captured the imagination of people for decades. I want to yes. start off today's story, uh, today's episode, with a story that takes you back to 1977. Ooh. That's right. The year that Star Wars came out. Oh, I thought we were going to like do hippie shit. Was that song signifying no i thought you were gonna shit i thought to you were gonna like start some bob marley like tink jink did that sound like a bob marley song uh, i was that like was the theme to star wars no i just when you start like the first note i was like here we go if you roll back you'll see i like did a squinty eye like we're gonna do hippie shit leave a comment <laughs> down below was that hippie shit or was that star wars i mean that mark out, hamill he, out the gate did, you, did you know i was doing star wars or did you also think that it was some Bob Marley jam. It's, I'm so tired. <laughs> Johnny is tired. Uh, he's been going late. It's it's late here in yes. the Mega Strange Studios. But we digress. Let's get back to my story. Yeah, sorry. Uh, 1977, of course, that's the year that Star Wars came out. It was a banner year for science fiction. And space UFOology was at an all-time high in 1977. Yeah. If you go back... Uh, a few episodes of the Make Strange podcast, you can revisit when we talked about Heaven's Gate, and uh, that was booming in the late seventies. There was just a lot of UFO, um, in the air and on people's minds. So, let's go to late nineteen seventy seven on the on the night of November twenty sixth. Okay, nineteen seventy seven. In a small uh, part of uh, UK, actually, in Ooh, southern UK. Going British. Yeah. We had, well, a strange occurrence happen that night on the news. Um, they were broadcasting uh, just the local nightly news when suddenly the broadcast was interrupted by a voice that claimed to be a representative of an alien nation. Whoa. And this voice had a message for the people of Earth. Now, when this happened, it was audio only. So they were able to overtake the audio frequencies of the television station. Okay. There was no actual video of the incident. Um, but we have that audio recording here. And it's been recreated in a way to simulate what it would be like if the television signal was hijacked. Uh, I want to put this in perspective for people because, like, I know in everyone's head, it's like, oh, you know, maybe they showed up to the TV station, popped a USB drive in there, and they played their file. That was non existent at the time. They had to, like, you had to have, like, a tape, well, or, like, a giant reel to reel, like, to play audio. We don't quite know what happened behind the scenes, but it definitely involved, a like, a ton of technology. Let's, I would assume. Let's show people this yes. clip of what it must have been like. Now, imagine you. This is pre-internet, okay? You've just seen Star Wars a few yeah. months earlier. You think space is cool. I wish I could go to space. And then you're <laughs> watching TV one night when this happens. ...settlement based on one man, one vote. But, he says, 
there are conditions. These include stopping the execution of all captured prisoners of war. And you said this was like an edit? Yeah. In Australia, Mr. Perry Packer's cricketers are still pleased by yesterday's high court decision, which did plan on them playing a test match. This is the voice of Allah, representative of the Ashtar Galactic speaking to you. If I was watching TV and this happened, I would have shit my fucking pants. I would have like, sorry, I would have ran out of my fucking house and started screaming. Like, I, I don't know what, like, I guess, especially if you were like 10, 11 or 12 yeah. years old, like you're in sixth grade and you're just watching TV uh, at five o'clock with yeah. your family. And then uh, this voice starts to play. Do you want to hear a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to say, I get scared when the fucking like broadcast color bars come up. Like this shit would fucking like, even now I would. F- it's startling. Yeah. <laughs> I like that the aliens are British. Yeah. Right. Uh. Okay, you can pause this. You can pause this. Oi, bruv, we're going to take over your fucking planet, mate. <laughs> yeah. So as you mentioned, uh, a very British voice yeah. came on and basically went on to have a message for the people of Earth that lasted about five minutes. And the voice spoke very slow uh, and was hard to understand because it was so uh, garbled. But essentially, what this voice claimed to be was the voice of Vrillon. Vrillon. Great alien name. Uh, and was a representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command. They essentially had a message for the people of Earth, Mm. warning them that the destiny of your race and your world is uh, on the precipice of a great awakening. And they went on to say that the planet was moving into the age of Aquarius and that the human race was either going to evolve or be wiped out. And that, what was it? The Ashtar Galactic Command was monitoring the people of Earth okay, and was going to decide if they were worthy of this evolution or not. And what that decision was weighing on was the ability of the rulers of all of the Earth's nations to get rid of their weapons of mass destruction. They basically wanted to Some hippie shit. get rid of all the nukes. Um... They say you have but a short time to learn to live together in peace and goodwill. Small groups all over the planet are learning this and exist to pass on the light of the dawning new age to you all. You are free to accept or reject their teachings, but only those who learn to live in peace will pass to the higher realms of spiritual evolution. Blah, blah, blah. It was it was a bunch of hippie shit. They go on to say, like, your inner divine self will protect you. You must learn to be sensitive to the voice within so that you can tell what is truth what is confusion, chaos, and untruth? You know, it kind of sounds like a bunch of anti-vaxxers doing yeah. their own, uh, independent research. Like, I'm going to listen to my own truth. Uh, that's what Villon was preaching. I want to meet the political uh, uh, British activist that was like, I got a plan that's going to unite the fucking planet. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> so right away, as you pointed out, it's yeah. interesting that an alien uh, race has a thick British accent, yeah. speaks English, and interrupts a British uh, newscast. Yeah. Pretty immediately, it was obvious to people that this was fake. Yeah. This was a hoax. Um, but regardless of what was obvious to most people, 
Some people still believed it. Yeah. Some people thought it was true. And hundreds of people called the radio station. I, I mean, this was the 70s. People were stupider back then. Yeah, I mean, you know, they just didn't know enough. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have YouTube yeah. to see all the crazy things that were happening. If you lived in some little bubble and this was the first weird thing that ever happened to you, yeah, maybe you might believe it. Yeah, maybe you think it was true. This isn't the first time stuff like that has happened. You got like Orson Welles freaking out the fucking, doing War of the Worlds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, uh, maybe when was that? Like uh, War of the Worlds. I think that was in like the 40s or perhaps the I, 30s. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Anyways. The Independent Broadcasting Authority, um, also known as the IBA, which is kind of like the FCC of uh, the UK at the time, mm. issued a statement that said, whoever did this, they don't know who did it, but whoever did it had a considerable amount of technical know-how uh, yeah. to essentially jam the radios, uh, jam the television station's broadcast signal, replace it with their own broadcast, and then have that amplified out to a large audience. They said a hoaxer, which I love that term, a hoaxer. a hoaxer jammed our transmitter in the wilds of North Hampshire by taking another transmitter very close to it. Uh, and the hoaxer was never identified. Yeah. I, I mean, I said it before, like that person was probably aggressively nerdy to be able to do that at that time. Yeah. Like the amount of like equipment you'd probably need that he probably had to like get into like a van and like drive it up to the studio. Despite the IBA um, pretty much telling people it was a hoax, within days of this, um, the London Times published an article that said, how can the IBA or anyone else be sure that the broadcast was a hoax? Ooh. And a few days after that, newspapers all over the world started picking up on the story. And even out here in America, uh, in Eugene, Oregon, the newspaper known as the Register Guard commented, nobody seemed to consider that uh, Vrillon may have been for real. Wow. Shouts out to Oregon. <laughs> yeah, people will believe anything up there in Oregon. Yeah. Um, this was one of the first known events of supposed like television piracy and okay. hijacking a signal. And this is a very... Uh, little known event. This is kind of just a small footnote in the strange history of radio broadcasts. I was about to say, I, I I wonder if it like earlier on there was like like pirate radio broadcasts, just like not televised uh, pirate you know broadcasts. Yeah, anything that's not um, sanctioned by a governing body and yeah. authorized to be on television, any hijacked signal is technically a pirate um broadcast and, yeah. and that does happen in radio i think they made a whole movie called pirate radio, yeah 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 which was based on a real story <laughs> about a guy who like bought a boat and broadcasted his radio station oh, from shit. the boat from international waters and would like take over uk radio stations i miss right. that era of like twee movies like that sorry continue yeah no it's cool almost 10 years later to the day what uh another pirate uh, television incident happened. Arguably the most famous pirate signal incident uh -huh. of all time. And a lot of people out there may have already heard of this one. It's called the Max Headroom Incident yes. of 1987. Now we're in 1987. Um, November 25th. I'm sorry, November 22nd, 1987. Um, if you haven't heard of this, the Max Headroom Incident is... Uh, a time when nobody quite knows who it was, 
but some sort of television pirate or hacker was able to hijack two television broadcasts in the city of Chicago. The first was on a a news station Mm -hmm. um, in the middle of their sports broadcast. I guess the signal, um, the first intrusion took place on WGN TV's nine o'clock news. And it only lasted for about 28 seconds. Really? And essentially what happened was in the middle of the sporting segment, the signal went black for about 15 seconds. And then a picture of a man came up on screen and he was wearing a mask, which resembled Max Headroom, who was a character from the eighties. Yeah. Who we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, and there wasn't really much audio. There was like some weird sounds or whatever. But this was a major television studio. And almost immediately, the engineers in the in the TV station knew that something was wrong. They ran to the control room. Literally, this interruption only lasted for 28 seconds before the engineers were able to kill the feed and switch it back over to one that was under their control. Okay. Um, the sports anchor who was giving his story at the time was totally caught off guard. And when the 28-second interruption ended, he looked into the camera and said, well, if you're wondering what's happened, so am I. Because <laughs> he had no explanation for that. I mean, literally, this had never happened to anybody yeah. in America. There had never been a signal stolen like this. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, even if you if you possibly tried this now, we, we have such, you know... Oh, you can't do this anymore. No, like, you, you could you probably get figured out, like, oh, it's, real fast. It's, it's actually... <laughs> Uh, physically impossible because in 2009 we switched over to an all digital signal okay. for, for television across America. And so they don't have, um, those broadcast signals available anymore. That's true. Yeah. But I said there were two incidents and a lot of people don't even know about this first incident because the second incident has gone on to live in infamy. Yeah. Um, because whoever these people were, their next target was not a major television studio with engineers sitting at the control desk, ready to take control back of the signal. Mm. They targeted the local PBS station, and it was two hours later. So this came at about 11 o'clock at night when all the engineers had gone home. And this was in the middle of an episode of Doctor Who. Ooh. Um, and I, we have the full clip here. Yes. And I just want to show this for everybody here. We've added subtitles to the clip here because the audio is kind of hard to make out. But just imagine again, it's 1987. Yeah. You don't have the internet. You 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 love horror stories and weird stuff. You're watching Doctor Who one night when suddenly your TV signal gets hijacked. You're with the old ones of your tribe. Well, it's Tom Baker, Doctor Who. Classic. Wow, you actually know this. I love Doctor Who. <laughs> the voice is modulated. Yeah. Love the way they uh, recreate the background of Max Headroom. If I saw this, I would think I was having a psychotic episode. Yeah. I would feel like I was having a break with reality. At the at the time, not a lot of people had, I mean, people had VHS cameras, but like, this probably looked really good at the time too. I still don't know like what 
is he's talking about. Whoever this is, they know that this is going to go down in infamy. My brother's wearing the other one. Is that like an OJ reference? No, this was 10 years before the OJ yeah. Simpson. And then he gets spanked with a fly swatter. And we can't tell if that's a man or a woman, but yeah. it, presumably they're in a dress. And they, they give a little love tap to the booty. <laughs> And then Doctor Who comes back on. Oh, a fucking Dalek, dude. No, I can't, I can't see what the fuck is on All the right, screen. That's, that's the clip right there. That's the clip right there. Uh, yeah, what do you think about that? I've seen that clip like multiple times. I don't know what the fuck that guy's talking about. And, and I know there's several videos online now that like kind of go into it, but I never really retain the information. I, is, is he talking about like a, like a political, like a, a politician at first? Because he calls someone a fucking liberal. I don't know, man. Yeah, I was, I, mean, I, was, I, was <laughs> I was two years old when this yeah, came out. I was hoping you had some of the info. Uh, well, no, the truth is nobody has any info. Um, nobody was ever able to figure out yeah. who these hackers were. Um, they say that the broadcast and intrus intrusion yeah. was achieved by sending a more powerful transmission to those two stations to overpower uh, the broadcast signal that they were sending out. Yeah. Um, the FBI looked into it. The FCC looked into it. Um, they were they 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 don't know who it was. They have a feeling that it might have been an inside job. Perhaps it was a disgruntled employee from WGN. But that makes sense. As of uh, as of today, the hijackers were never found. Now there have been like threads on Reddit of people mm. who claim to know the group of people who did it. Yeah. Um. Some people think it was like an underground hacking community in Chicago, but okay. those those claims were later vetted and found to be inconclusive or or just straight up untrue. Um. Whoever whoever did it, the FCC was looking for them, and they were facing up to a hundred thousand dollar fine and a year in prison. But by the year nineteen ninety two, mm. the statute of limitations had lapsed, Whoa. and so even to this day, we don't know who pulled off the Max Headroom hijacking incident. Uh, but they no longer face criminal penalties because it's been so long. So if you're watching, yeah. I think, it's I, I think it's time to come forward. Give us an interview and tell us how you did it. Uh, it's really funny how, you know, even at the time, like you watch movies and like the hacker is always like this cool, like dude with the computer or like even in like modern movies. But you could see from that how fucking aggressively nerdy that guy is. Like one, Max Headroom, that's already like obscure and weird. Two, like... Uh, you know, taking over signal during Doctor Who. Like, who's watching that besides like other nerds? <laughs> yeah. Also, knowing how to hack that system, like you're you're you you have like an in depth knowledge of you know radio frequencies and TV broadcast signals and all that jazz. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'd always heard about the Max Headroom incident, and I'd seen that video myself, but yeah. I don't really know much about Max Headroom. Uh, this is a weird thing. I, I'm glad you 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 said that because one of my f teachers in film school, um, he for some reason every year 
I would take uh, I would always take classes from this one teacher because he would always show like weird movies, mm-hmm. and he he would always show us every class the the Max Headroom TV movie, the pilot, twenty minutes into the future. I think that's what it's called. Uh, but at home, check that out. That movie's radical. Like, it, really, it's on YouTube. Yeah, I, check it out. It's really good. I've never seen the rest of the show. I've heard the rest of the show is like gets really campy. That first one is just like genuinely like good sci-fi. Interesting. So what, as I know, Max Headroom was created by these, uh, by a UK TV producer who essentially in the age of MTV was trying to find something that would capture people's attention. Yeah. And he thought, well, I want to go with the exact opposite, uh, look and aesthetic and feel of everything you're currently seeing on TV. Everybody who is showing off like music videos on television, they're all young and hip and cool. What if we had a character that was just a white guy in a business suit who was talking about things as sterile as possible? And then he had the idea to make this a computer-generated character, and that's kind of who Max Headroom is. It was They cast an actual actor to play it, but then they filmed him in a way with strange prosthetics, and they would like glitch out the video to make it seem like it was computer-generated. I actually have some Max Headroom clips of the real Max Headroom here, straight out of the 80s, and you can see how ahead of, the, uh, of its time the Max Headroom concept was. It's pretty like avant-garde, especially with its sense of humor. Let's look at some of these Max Headroom best-of clips. Live out there? Good. This is I love the the suit and how it looks like rubber. Yeah, also it, the it's an all vinyl hair, suit. Yeah. Max Headroom. Remember, boy George. Well, oh me neither. Hey, how you doing? Come on, sit down. What do you say to coffee? Oh, no, I'll get it. Remember I Boy George? I, give him a smile. I don't either. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, who are you talking to? What? This is pretty advanced yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for the 80s. What? All this mumbling and muttering, you got a head on your shoulders, use it. I feel like the 80s were such a simpler time when this character could become a cultural icon. I don't know if this could fly today. Yeah, I don't know. It, Max Headroom is such a strange concept. Um, did you know that Max Headroom is kind of like, it, 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 he is a pop culture icon, and his last appearance was in the 2015 film Pixels? I didn't know that. Uh, I'm going to switch back over. I want if that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's enough. Uh, I just wanted to say real quick before we even get into that, like Max Headroom, and I've only seen that uh, TV movie, but he's uh, the the character is supposed to be a pirate broadcast, so it makes it, it's the weird connection between that guy doing like doing that with the mask on uh, makes so much sense when you know what the character That's is. That's pretty meta, you know. I would love to get one of those Max Headroom masks, yeah, the same one that he used. And- do our own pirate broadcast. And I even wonder how popular Mac, like, I don't think the show was popular at all. And isn't Max Headroom in Back to the Future for like a second? I Back don't remember. Two? I, I think don't he shows remember. up for a second in there. Uh, he might, he was all over the place. Yeah, when he, doesn't he like serve him a Pepsi or some shit? I, I mean, I gotta go watch that movie again. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. But like, I, I, I think he was a culture icon, but no one watched that show, I don't think. Well, it was a show from the UK. Yeah, exactly. So it's weird that he came here and became it, I like mean, a, he was that big. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I just want to start today's episode with some of these, uh, TV signal hijacking incidents, Yeah, but I'm also kind of just fascinated with television in general and this idea of, as we said, television has been around for a hundred years and, uh, especially in those early days, a lot of those broadcasts were not even recorded. No, they would just send them out, uh, live on the air and then they would disappear forever. I mean, we have no idea the amount of footage that has been lost to history forever and what that content was. And perhaps it was good and groundbreaking and, you know, masterpiece works of art. We'll never know. But I love the idea of lost media. Me too. And stuff that, and it's kind of my favorite thing on YouTube is to Mm. look up these old pieces of footage that cannot be found anywhere else. And I think we have a collection of some lost pieces of media to talk about and show today. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much of it was lost. I mean, it was all found recently, but um, yeah, I also love watching like YouTube videos about lost media. There's There's been a huge like thing in the YouTube community of people like actively finding the stuff. Yeah. And I, I love that so well, much. Well, they're kind <laughs> of like um, archaeologists, like media versions of Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like it belongs in a museum. <laughs> and the museum is YouTube. You know, we love wrestling. Yeah. Obviously, if you watch this show, you know we love professional wrestling. We interviewed Alex Coughlin. Yes. Um, in our uh, prototype version of the show, Mega 64 and scene. Yeah. We interviewed Danhausen. We might have to repost that someday under Mega, yeah. under the Mega Strange umbrella. <laughs> um, but in watching some documentaries about wrestling, yes, we found um, <laughs> a wrestling league that has now gone defunct and yeah. they only had one p- major pay-per-view. Yeah. They were known as UWF, yeah. which I believe is Universal Wrestling Federation. Yes. And we want to show you some clips of this pay-per-view. Don't worry if you're not a wrestling fan. This doesn't actually no. contain any combat in it. But instead, we want to focus on the host of this pay-per-view. Yeah. Who was the CEO and founder of UWF. I can't remember his name. Herb. I can't. Yeah. Herb what? I don't remember his last name. All right. So this they is They say it in the clips like uh, We're going to show you a clip of Herb hosting this pay-per-view this is some lost media because this was only broadcast once and cannot it's not preserved anywhere except for the people who recorded at home put on youtube herb (laughs) notoriously was a very very big coke head yeah i was gonna say coke fiend coke phantom (laughs) coke god yeah Uh, and yeah i would i would go so far as to call him a uh deity yeah who uh, uh, worshipped cocaine (laughs) um and was worshipped by cocaine. Mm. And I think it's evident in some of the footage yeah. from this pay-per-view. We just have to show this pay-per-view. I, I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you people. Yeah. I've never seen a guy <laughs> on TV this coked out. Yeah. I, I, I went through the whole pay-per-view and grabbed out all, all the moments he seems coked the fuck out. But I grabbed one that's like... I, I, have, to have, I have to preface it a little bit. I've never seen anything this racist in my fucking life okay i don't know (laughs) wait before you show the clip i don't know what clip you're going to show yeah it's like deep within this so i don't know if you want to watch all of this but um maybe we'll skip that part but what i want to say about this guy is he died yes he's now dead doing cocaine supposedly he died under very very mysterious conditions yeah um supposedly the police found him he died of an apparent heart attack 
He was completely naked. Yeah. They found him in like the hallway of a hotel because he had been chasing strippers or hookers through the hotel. Um, because you know, I don't even know. I'm not quite sure why he was chasing them, but he was, it was almost like American psycho. Yeah. When, um, Patrick, chases down his own hookers and tries to kill them when he's naked. I mean, it's all, it's almost the exact same story. And some people say that Herb faked his death. Yeah. To get out some debts and stuff to to escape some debts and that he, I don't know if he planted a naked dead body there or if he paid off the police to issue this false report of of his death. He entered the witness protection program as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, Keep that in mind while we watch this video clip of uh, the UWF pay-per-view Blackjack Brawl from 1994. (laughs) This is Herb, by the way. There he is. Herb Abrams, Mr. Electricity. I wonder why I saw Electric. I love uh, his cadence when he talks. It seems like he can't get more than one syllable out without thinking really hard. You could see, like, even when he's not talking, his brain is like spinning in his fucking skull. Yeah, his brain is off. <laughs> he's full lizard brain yeah. at this point. Like, they cut away from him, but it, when they cut back, you see his eyes are oh, darting all over the place. Where's the volume here a little bit? You know that? You are Herb doesn't even know how to respond. I have to give credit where credit is due. He was much tougher than I thought. He splits my head open. I remember one thing. Everybody, yeah. everybody in this uh, wrestling promotion looks like they're tr- deeply troubled. We welcome you back to all the excitement <laughs> they most here likely the are. By the way, uh, you can look there and see that most of the arena is empty. Yes. The There's about 200 people in attendance. They rented out the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, but couldn't get anybody to attend. Nope. Little Tokyo? <laughs> yeah. Very, very disappointed. That was a great Little match, Tokyo. Excellent match. Little the Tokyo winner. won the belt. Little Tokyo. Oh my God. Hey, Herb Abrams, Look at the way he interacts with him here. This is fucked up. I he always has to grab the person on the belt. Ladies and gentlemen, the first got two time in wrestling history, world midget champion, Little yeah, Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. What do you I'm have to say? Now, huh? So sake? No, oh, sake. Sake, yeah. No. Drink sake tonight. We, uh, we drink sake tonight. That's preparation, right? You say kampai? Kampai, yes. I say, how do you know kampai? How do you know kampai? I used to be married to a Japanese girl. I used to be married to a Japanese girl. All right, nice. I think that's enough. <laughs> I think that's enough of Herb. Yeah. Wait. Oh, is that Cactus Jack? Nice. Yeah, wait. There's one clip of him, like, fucking screaming. I don't know if I can pull that up here, but I'll definitely. Oh, there it is. <laughs> All right, let's let's end on this. We get a little taste of him screaming here. The man (laughs) of it, the showdown will take place. (laughs) This is what rock bottom looks like. His eyes are dead. (laughs) 
All right. <laughs> anyway, that was Herb. So that's a little uh, lost media from 1994. Yes. Uh, UWF blackjack brawl. Um, Johnny, I think you've picked, uh, you have a Johnny brain for us this week. Yes. I wanted to, this one's a weird one, but uh, since we're getting into, you know, the realm of like lost media, I figured, you know, uh, we take a little detour into public access if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to talk about like one of my favorite public access shows of all time. Uh, the show is called Hot Tracks. There is a documentary about these two. It's a uh, Nick and JB. They do a show. They've been doing it for a long time. I think it's twelve or thirteen seasons deep. Uh, these two do like a, a public access show about music, and they review their favorite music. Um, I just grabbed a couple of my favorite clips here, and I figured we we can react to them. All um, right, let's do it. All right, you got Johnny Brain here. Loaded yes. Up. Uh, put my little cute little intro on it. Loud as fuck. Huh? I got a lot of clips of hot tracks, so uh, strap in. Once again, I'm Nick Van Zanten. And I'm JB West. We will have the final mystery CD of the season in just a moment, but first. Yeah, I thought I could do a little gag since this is our season ending episode. Take a look at the season picture finale. right here. Okay. Oh, a little gag. You see. And my, this was on a birthday card that my grandma gave me, and uh, she wrote, she wrote inside. I love those so much. Why are the double like big T and critters? I don't know. Are they, I don't know. It looks like it looks like critters enough. too. Yeah, you know, like the sequel to Critters. Dingo Star, dog playing oh. the guitar. Carlos Pantana, <laughs> and uh, for the cat, since cats purr, we could say John Bon Pervy. John Bon Pervy. <laughs> Pervy. Oh my god. Of all the names, <laughs> uh, you took John Bon Jovi and matched up with Purr. Yeah. Pervy. Or Steve Pervy. We could have Steve Pervy. <laughs> I love that oh, Nick laughed at that so hard. Uh, that's, that, was, that was fun. That was fun. Wow, Nick's tearing up. <laughs> okay, um, there you go. We have heard Beyonce and Baby Boy. Again, she teams up with the, Sean Paul. A good hit. Beyonce? Good beat, yeah. good rhythm. I kind of like it. Hey, it's good. I, I, I thought this show was like from the 80s. Maybe this is the thing that I feel like I didn't explain. This is modern. Yeah, apparently. Like, <laughs> this is like early 2000s. Like, okay. And it, lo it does. It looks straight out of the 80s. And, um, her album is Dangerously in Love. A good album. A, pretty much a, a good seller. A hot seller, if you ask me. I'll give this hit five stars. Depending on what she's talking about, I would not know for sure. Could be sex, could be drugs, could be any stuff that's not good. What? Well, it's just, uh, she's talking about a baby boy. You know, it could be a baby boy. Did I you put the baby? But there? I'm sorry to say, depending on what you're talking about, Beyonce, I'm sorry. <laughs> one star. <laughs> now why give oh, it one star? Did have? Didn't you hear? It had a good beat. It had a good rhythm. Of course, yeah. I heard all of that. And she teamed up with Sean Paul. Depending on what she's talking. What song are they talking about? Do you know? <laughs> baby boy. Oh, I'm not familiar with that song. How does it go? <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, Beyonce and Sean Paul, baby well, boy. And what she and Sean Paul are talking about. Well, it could be sex, could be drugs, either one of those things. But, but think, you never know. But like I said, it could be talking about a baby boy. It could be talking about some baby boy, probably, you know, depending on what, what the future is going to be for him. Why are you laughing well, you so know. much? <laughs> I am, I'm failing to see. <laughs> you're saying baby boy. And it makes uh, yeah. Me laugh. But why does that make you laugh? 
Uh, I don't know. It's just the juxtaposition of like you're over here fucking dying because this kid is saying baby boy. I don't. Am I missing something? I it, okay. First of all, you're like turning red. <laughs> you're laughing so hard. I just love that they have a show about music and like if a song is about sex or drugs, that brings it down to one star. And then this well, is only a, according to one of the hosts. Yeah, this is a thing that I love is the two of them can never agree. And there's yeah, they're like Siskel and Ebert. Yeah, they're like uh, Derek and Rocco. Yeah, you know, all great uh, <laughs> reviewing uh, duos have to have yeah. contrasting opinions. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I just love how much they like don't let it go, where they just like keep bickering about it, and it, it like just to the point where it just becomes nonsense. So that's what makes me laugh. Shall we continue? We're gonna hear "Blue Christmas." Blue Christmas. Now is that where the snowflakes turn blue? <laughs> I don't think so, but you never know. Never know. Okay. Um, Was that it? Was that the joke? No. I mean, yeah, he made a, a dumb joke, but this one, go, this one goes deep. I asked the Eagles to see if um, they want to do a Christmas song. They said, why not? You didn't. You did not ask the Eagles to say if they wanted to do a Christmas song. No, he did. Just, he really did. Follow me on this. Uh, we got an echo in both of our mics here. Uh, just oh, a sec man. here. There we go. Okay. See? I There's a third guy here running tech. Yeah. Oh, uh, the unseen member of he, Hot Tracks. He, he steps in in a minute here. All right. The hit I'm going to be doing, because the, um, uh, the hit I'm going to be doing is Please Come Home for Christmas. It's a good hit from the Eagles. All right. All right. And you did not ask him if they could do a Christmas song. You know, no, he no. did. No, you he didn't. Did. You did not. I asked Don he Henry, did. Though. No, you didn't. You didn't. You don't even know the guy. Call me crazy, but I got a chance to talk to Don Henley before <gasps> the show. No, you did not get the chance he to talk to Don go. Henley before yeah, the show. It was in your dream. Yeah. Um. Anyway, got a hold I don't of know him, who to believe. And he says, no, you you no, you didn't. You did not get a hold of Don Henley in your dreams. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyway, um, it was nice to have the Eagles get on and um, again and see if um, they would like. Anyway, to red shirt, you're fucking up my Eagles. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're going nuts here, JB. Anyway, um, you're going yeah. nuts. Well, you JB. quit, quit yeah. telling them that you met with them and you met with Don Henley JB, when you really did not. Yeah, this is the Christmas special, so don't be making this up as you go along. Dude, Christ won't approve. All right, this is getting awkward now. <laughs> oh, that oh, was Chris is a bully. Eighty-nine by REM. Should we talk about the weather? Should we talk about the government? Oh, this I'd one gets say, deep. let's talk about the weather. And it, it definitely is winter and snowing outside. But yep. other than that, I do like- Hold on, can you pause <laughs> yeah, this for yeah. a second? This dude is so punk rock. Yeah, I love them. Should we talk about the weather or should we talk about the government? I say, let's talk about the weather. He doesn't even want to touch songs that talk about the government. No, no, no. And we're not even talking about like criticizing the government and just talking about it. I'd rather talk about the weather. Yeah. He's wholesome. He's wholesome. He doesn't like yeah, drugs. Too, too wholesome. Or sex. Yeah. This is the perfect guy to be reviewing music. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You're getting it. Like the song, especially the beginning. The music was well written, I should say. So five stars. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about the government. Um, oh, here we go. Shall we talk about the government? President Bush, George W. Bush, probably said he was going to do something about, uh, you know, football players having, you know, get rid Kneeling. of the steroids and stuff. Oh, I say that's oh, a good yeah. plan. 
It's but a good the beat plan. is well, well, well written, if you ask me. Same rating, five stars. Okay. <laughs> Time to uh, get some uh, stones out. Rolling stones, that is. There you go. <laughs> wow. Uh, I love them so much. It reminds me of like, let's talk about the government. George Bush, he's going to get steroids out of football. That's a good president to me. Anyways, <laughs> this has been your political discourse on hot tracks. Yeah. <laughs> I love them so much. It reminds me of being a kid and like having to do like a book report. Like the way they review music is it, it reminds me like one for one being like, uh, this book is really good. It made me feel good. Like it's like... Like it's entirely level. surface level, and yeah. it seems like despite the amount of music they listen to, every track is just judged as if they've never listened to music before. Yeah, it's like, this song had a good beat. But I didn't like the, the lyrics because they could be about sex. One star. <laughs> uh, there is a full-length documentary about those two. Uh, if you could find it, it's like unbelievably interesting. Um, and I think Vice also like wrote an article about those two as well. So what's the documentary called? Do you know? I wish I knew offhand. Well, it's a documentary about the TV show Hot Tracks. Yeah. If you type in Hot Tracks Public Access, you'll get like all this stuff. Um, do you have anything else for, for us today? Nope. I think that's about it. Yeah, that's everything I had as well. Uh, so I think that brings us to the end of our pirate television slash lost media spectacular thanks for joining us everybody this has been another episode of mega strange the mega strange podcast hey by the way we're going to be taking some uh phone calls and voicemail messages and listening to those on tuesdays maybe yes. not every tuesday mm -hmm. but i do think we got enough calls that it could be a semi-regular segment on our show so we're going to put the phone number up for you yep. to contact us if you want to give us a ring and leave us a short message um, you can also follow us on Instagram and social media, uh, at mega strange podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Derek Acosta only. You can follow me Catboy uh, at Catboy underscore slim. One day I'll fucking nail it. That's okay. They'll figure <laughs> it out. That's our episode for this week, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting the mega strange podcast. Hey, if you like this podcast and you want to see it grow, be sure to subscribe, be sure to turn Please. on notifications and you know what? share our episodes with some people who you think would appreciate it because we're not going to go anywhere unless we could grow our fan base. And that's what we need the mega strangers out there to help us do. Yeah. So do your part. Cause we really appreciate it. We'll be back next week uh, with another crazy episode. You so know it. until then keep an eye out for some strange shit. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.